Good morning and welcome to the VSA Morning Miner with me, Ollie O'Donnell and Paul Renkin. Paul, how are you today and how is your 4th of July? Well, it was pretty non-eventful 4th of July, but uh, uh, it was all about uh, the uh, nice performance from the England uh, football team, I think, that people are still feeling good about and the fact that the COVID is getting... uh, 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 resolved apparently at least uh, further here in the UK. <laughs> Good to see your colonial loyalties have grown over your years in the UK then. <laughs> um, mining news, what's out there today? Oh, I thought I'd lead off here with the uh, announcement that uh, came out uh, late uh, last week uh, that uh, Antofagasta has already agreed to some uh, 2022 smelter contracts uh, uh, for their uh, 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 copper concentrates with the Chinese smelters. Uh, At least three different smelters were named and there was uh, one smelter source that indicated that uh, this the treatment and refining charge rates that are being agreed are in the middle $50 per ton and five and a half cents per pound range. It's uh, notable that uh, this is so early because normally these uh, um, negotiations take place uh, during the fourth quarter of the calendar year. And it suggests that the Chinese are taking, uh, at least a number of Chinese smelters are taking no chances whatsoever to try to lock down some uh, their uh, uh, fees uh, for 2022. And that would simply mean that they uh, do expect the copper price to move higher over the coming quarters. Yes, yeah, so interpretation of that uh, news a few weeks ago that the, um, the government asking people to cool speculation on, on base metals was not a, a bearish sign, but actually a bullish one. Yes, and that uh, they were trying to essentially uh, uh, lend uh, some uh, uh, rationality into the marketplace for as long as it would last, I guess, is the best way to put it. Uh, and it already indicates it's uh, from this news and out uh, out that it, it, that influence is waning now. Great. Well, we should have uh, operational results from Camel coming up soon. That's obviously our top copper pick. Um they normally report production numbers in the first couple of weeks of the of the quarter. So watch out for those in the in the coming days. Um, anything else, Paul? Yes, we had an uh, announcement out from Gervois Mining. That's the ASX uh, quoted uh, integrated cobalt developer across the world. Uh, they've uh, Close the books on uh, their subsidiary offering of senior secured bonds to raise $100 million US. And they are uh, essentially backstopped with a guarantee by Gervois itself. And that bond issue will be used in order to fund the construction of their Idaho cobalt uh, mine uh, operation there outside the town of Salmon, Idaho to bring it to production. with that secured lending in in place or secured uh, funding in place, they would like to get production underway at the mine sometime in the middle of next year. Mm. And I think they released a BFS on that uh, September last year, which showed $78 million of CapEx, um, PV8 of about $96 million and annual EBITDA of 55 
million. Um, copper prices are probably higher than when they did that study, but cobalt about the same. Um, so they'll be looking for mine life extensions from that original study, um, some improvements on commodity prices, and then perhaps also some tax incentivization from the US government, given all the announcements over the past year to strengthen those projected numbers against the that raise. And some pro, uh, investment uh, incentives too, probably from the state of Idaho, since uh, this would be also of the only operating cobalt uh, producer in the United States so once it's up and running. So it is uh, critical uh, for domestic sourcing of raw materials for uh, the US. Great. And uh, back to London, but sticking on battery metals, um, looks like there's going to be a new lithium company coming soon, Brad Ahead. Yes, that's an interesting one in that uh, they're going to be looking uh, at the lithium uh, uh, projects in the United States and specific, they're not just uh, focused on any one particular geologic style for lithium uh, because they have uh, lithium uh, clay interests, lithium brine interests and lithium pegmatite uh, interests that they'll all be uh, pursuing. But uh, much of their activity will be uh, initially defined in the state of Arizona on projects there. Yeah, and probably the thing that stands out more than anything else is the, the sort of key shareholders and management team in Jim Melanie and Stalker, um, who've obviously backed big winners, winners in the past. Um, I think there's two key questions though. First being, is can you get scale across three different geological types of lithium and can a single management team uh, gather the expertise under one roof to develop all, all three types? Well, Ian's been the kind of guy too that he usually doesn't get to the develop stage that he ends up selling out a business uh, when he uh, gets a good offer on it. So I wouldn't be as worried about that if he, uh, given his own uh, particular management style. Okay. Anything else, Paul? Just to say that uh, an announcement came out today that Glencore is also changing its chairman uh, with the uh, Ivan Glassenberg had stepped down as CEO on the 30th of June in retirement, and now Tony Hayward will be the chairman. Will be leaving uh, here at the end of this month, and he's being replaced by a gentleman who uh, has uh, significant experience with uh, China molybdenum. Um, so it would uh, suggest that uh, Glencore sees its future as far as the trading of the commodities and who it is that they'll be selling to will be primarily uh, over in the Asian market going forward and uh, they wanted to have somebody at the top I think with that significant experience. Excellent. Paul, thanks very much for your thoughts. We'll speak to you again tomorrow. Very good. See you then.